For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The sport is just going to die if they don't break the designated hitter to the National League. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. Yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> the Washington Nationals are the world champions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 68 of Half Street High Heat. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We always appreciate it. I'm Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at AWhite7877. I am joined, as always, by my intransigent co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can follow them on Twitter at DCNatchak and at HalfShackCap. And make sure you follow the rest of the team, too. You can follow OPT at One Pursuit Takes. He's our digital media coordinator. And you can follow our blog contributor, Monty, at M. Davis Taylor. And you can follow the show at Half Street High Heat. How's it going, guys? Going. So intransigent means, uh, as Waka Flocka would say, girl, what? the way you moving got me in a trance. So... <laughs> You're, it's a reference to no hands. That's the way I interpret it. Ryan, do you concur? Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing has ever been more correct. It's exactly. the most correct thing that's ever been said. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the most important segment of the week. We need our fish tank update. Oh, man. There's been an update. Okay. Uh-oh. So They're dead. Uh, <laughs> they're all dead we're dead we're alive but we're dead um i don't even know where to start oh well i got more fish they're not in the fish tank yet um because i had to put them in the quarantine tank you guys know what, what that is uh, you know i've never met anybody who has more fish that aren't in their fish tank than you <laughs> i'm going for the record um so <laughs> they're in quarantine right now just got a couple more catfish so that way the, they can school with the one the two catfish i already have because so, apparently they're schooling fish so now that i have the room you know wanted to make them feel less lonely so i got catfish but i also got a pleco um you'll recognize like they're like the sucker fish you'll see them on the side of the tanks and they clean mm-hmm. the tanks um because my tank is like in the process of cycling so it has algae everywhere um which the plecos eat so and but subsequently they also clean your tank too 
so I got a Pleco, but I got a very baby Pleco. Um, so, and uh, he's got his work cut out for him. So I put him in there, but I just put him in there earlier today. So still plenty of cleaning to be done. I, I probably need to hire a cleaning lady. Um, but then, so my fiance has a fish tank and she only has a five gallon tank. So, and she has a beta fish and she had a snail in there and the snail was keeping her tank clean, but her tank isn't big enough to really produce the same amount of algae that mine does. So we decided to move the her snail into my tank so that way the snail can help out my pleco clean my tank. So like we get up this morning, whatever we knew we were gonna move him, we tr- go to look in her tank. He's not there. Like we're looking what? everywhere, everywhere. He's not there, and so we were thinking like, what could have happened? Like the only if he's obviously not in the tank, he got out, right? So we're looking everywhere everywhere and we recall that uh, my dog pepper her stomach was going crazy last night so our like fear was um that uh the snail got out and that she ate the snail and then that <laughs> made her stomach go crazy uh so i was about to i don't know if you've guys seen the movie marley and me but like where he's like hosing down the dog poop to try to find whatever the dog ate i was about to have to go do that or whatever <laughs> but so <laughs> Um, we decided to leave it, figured, well, maybe he would show up later because he's a tiny snail. Um, we go to my in-laws for the day, whatever, come back, boom, snails front and center in the tank. So grab the, grab the snail really quick, run him down to my tank, put him in. He just got in there, uh, like 20 minutes before we started recording. So we're cut out for him, but <laughs> I mean, I have fish disappearing. That's a lot of or, snail drama. Yeah, I have, or sea life disappearing. I have, you know, fish on deck. Oh, I also got driftwood today. Um, I mean, it's just wood, but it's supposed to be very good and nutritious for the, the fish and, and the water and whatnot. But you have to, like, uh, you basically have to, like, let it soak so that way, I mean, you, guess you don't have to, but if you put it directly in your tank, it turns your water kind of, like, brown, which some people like because it's more of, like, an authentic look. I don't, so you have to let it soak so that way some of the color, um, you know, gets off the, the wood and doesn't turn your water brown. So that's a process too. But, again, I figure we're in quarantine for the next two years, so might as well, you know, set up my tank the way I want. Everything with your tank seems to be a process. There's a lot to it. You're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, it never ends, but, hey, it, it keeps the favorite segment going. And it'll probably keeps keep you off the streets, through. gives yeah, exactly. you something to do. Yeah, it'll probably uh, keeps, keeps me off the streets. Um, <laughs> but it'll probably keep us going through the off-season, too, considering how long everything's taking. Yes. Yes, indeed. So um, can we get a Finn update, please? Yeah. Um, Finn's, a, <laughs> Finn's a little shit. Um, oh, that's a bad word. He decided to, like, oh, what's this cup? Boom. It, like, <laughs> knocks over my water cup, lands on my laptop, lands on my phone, all my PlayStation stuff, and, like, my phone starts sending me alerts. It's, like, water detected, charging stop, which apparently, I didn't know that was a thing. That's pretty uh, cool, actually. Yeah, so, like, it keeps, like, telling me that, and so, like, I unplug that, wipe that down, I run to get, like, two towels because there's so much water, and I'm, like, literally swinging my laptop upside down, getting the water out. I'm blowing in all the ports and everything so the water comes out. And I'm, like, drying it down, take all the case off and everything. And he's just sitting on the bed, like, smiling, like, hee-hee-hee. <laughs> smiling. Like, yeah, and then, like, I pull my headphones out. And then, like, if he sees a white cord, he absolutely loses his mind and goes into, like, I am a hunter. 
I am tiger mode <laughs> and like loses his mind. So literally Does he shake his little butt and do that like down low thing they catch you when they're about to pounce on something? He's my that. favorite. Pretty funny. Full sprints and like locks all around it. And I like rip him off and I like put him on my bed. And he tried this another twenty times where I kept picking him up and putting him on my bed. Every time just pick him up, put him on my bed. And now he's given up and now he's eating. So he's only probably plotting his next move to get my headphones. That'll be fun. But no, so, I mean. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just want to make sure everybody understands, for those of you listening, that like this just happened in real time. Like we were in the middle of recording and we had to stop for 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. while Ryan just went and did that. So you're literally hearing this like it just happened. <laughs> literally. Um, no, I mean, like this is the second time my laptop's gone wet. My first time um, was in college. I remember I, that. I, I thought backpacks were waterproof. So, like, we were under, like, it was literally a tropical storm. So, like, it was probably a 10-minute walk from the building to my dorm. So, I was like, meh, I'm going to walk. Who cares? I'm going to get wet. So, I'm just walking back, you know, like, took my shoes off because I don't get wet. Just, you know, just going through it slow. Like, who cares? I'm wet. Do -do 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 -do. Walking back home, get back to my dorm, pull my <laughs> laptop out, and, like, everything's completely soaked. So it was in that moment when I realized that laptops, I'm sorry, backpacks were not, not waterproof. waterproof. Some Sorry, of them right? are, but not all of them. <laughs> it was, it was, it was yeah, really that's, a, that's a hard <laughs> lesson. Oh my God, I got scanned. So then like I run downstairs <laughs> and I buy all this rice because if your electronics wet, you pour it in rice. I like throw my snacks on the floor. I put all the rice in it. I put my laptop in it. And then Thanksgiving break came, so I go home and I take it to the Apple store. Yeah, it turns out the rice did more damage than the water did. So, like, don't put it in rice. And now the laptop's fine. And, like, <laughs> it still works completely fine. This is the same laptop? No, this is a different laptop. I bought a new one. Um, <laughs> well, actually, my dad bought it because... Did the first one recover? Or well, yeah, did the so rice do it in? No, so it stopped, it stopped working, like, literally in the middle of the semester. I was like, cool. So my dad bought me one and, like, gave it to me. And I still have this one now. Um, so then, like, took that one home. And then they started, like, playing with it, got it to work. And, like, the rice didn't completely ruin it. And it's been, you know, six, seven years. And the laptop's still going strong. It has, like, a little ring on one part of the screen from the water. But other than that, it's, it's recovered from the great rice incident. <laughs> the rice incident of 2016. <laughs> wow. Well, that's scintillating listening. That's a <laughs> great story. I, I've always loved that. Um, I guess it's not a meme, but it's just like a saying. It's like the world definitely can't be flat because if it was, cats would be at the edge just pushing shit off. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so true. Cats are just, they're little bastards. They really are. <laughs> nah, you don't hate cats. You just hate rejection. No, actually, I respect <laughs> that about cats. Like dogs just like, you know. They just love you. and They don't even love you. They like the fact that you feed them. That's all it is. Oh, what, see, cats? I don't dislike dogs. No, he's talking about dogs. Cats are the same exact way. <laughs> um, cats hate everyone unless they choose you. Dogs only like you because you feed them. Science says so. The whole uh, man's best well, friend thing is fake. Uh, that's not true. My, my dogs hate most people, so, <laughs> except me. So they chose me. <laughs> they chose me. Well, I have no, neither dogs nor cats because my husband and one of my yeah, sons. Yeah, you just have five kids. Testing, yeah, exactly. I have plenty of animals in my house. 
But yeah, speaking of, that's my update for the week. The kids are doing great. Everybody's bored as hell because all of the playgrounds and pools and everything everywhere is closed. So I have a Why, whole bunch happened? of... <laughs> did something happen? No, we actually, I don't know if I've even told you guys this before. Maybe I have, but there's a playground directly across the street from my house. Like if you're on my deck, you're looking at it. And it's, we're not allowed to play on it. It's been closed since like March. Except recently they've decided that the Parks and Rec camp kids for the county are allowed to use it so now there's kids on it all the time but i'm not allowed to take my kids on it so my kids are that's like that's just mean that's just yeah. ridiculous i mean let me go on a tirade here about like why is it safe for those kids to use it but not for my kids to use it but anyway we got a new playset for our backyard it's a big thing that happened at my house this week we had one we've had for years for my daughter and it is kind of small it was fine it, it was she was the only one who used it now with the three little ones here we decided to upgrade to a new playset and a nine foot giant twisty slide from the deck down to the down to the yard that is awesome Isn't that's so cool <laughs> From the deck too. From the deck, so you could just you know like just jump in the in the slide from the deck and it takes you down to the yard. That's pretty dope. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Cool. I mean, who among us hasn't looked off the deck and said, "I could probably, I could probably make it." Yeah, I could probably <laughs> jump from here. <laughs> but now we don't have to. Now there's a nine foot slide in Amanda's house. Yes, exactly. Yes. So anyway, that was pretty exciting. And uh, what else for my update for the week? Um, my garden continues to be a whole lot of work that I don't feel like doing because I'm super busy with my real work. Um, I did a bunch of gardening today, though, this morning before it got too damn hot. And uh, we did get grapes. That was exciting. For the first time, we planted grapevines a few years ago, and we've never gotten any grapes off of them. And they finally made grapes this year, and we harvested them yesterday. And they are delightful. They're Do green, sweet, seedless. Farm? No, I live in a subdivision with, like, you know, less than a half an acre lot. So I, I feel like we just have a lot of crack planted in our yard. Do you own multiple subdivisions or something? <laughs> no, no, we have a little suburban subdivision yard, but we lined the whole thing with fruit trees. So like all the way around the perimeter is lined with fruit trees. And then we have a big garden in the backyard. Just so. sounds miserable. And in one corner of the yard, we have a huge berry patch and our raspberries made some stuff earlier in the year, but they're big harvests in August. So now the raspberries are going crazy. And they, I never get them in the house because the kids eat them all off the vines. But but we have lots of fun things happening in the garden. It's so much work. The, the peaches are done. No more peaches. We ate them all or they went to waste because I didn't pick them soon enough and they fell on the ground. But the Asian pears are coming in next and they are my favorite. So that's my garden uh, update for the week. Like real life hunter hunter gatherer type yeah. stuff over there. Well, we're not really hunting. I mean it's like in our yard. <laughs> Gathering though, definitely. Jeez. It just never ends. <laughs> I know, I know, it's true. Is there a fruit you don't have? Uh, well, bananas, obviously. Yeah. But like because they're the devil's fruit. Pineapple. Not interested tomatoes. in bananas. We have um, what, 40 tomato plants. Coconuts. Avocados. 40 tomato plants. Avocados. And my peppers are amazing. The pepper plants. I need to take Avocados. pictures. Put them on Twitter because the pepper plants are. Free shavakadu. Uh, what, that's a what now? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Del Taco. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about planting kiwis next year, so that's exciting. Well, we'll I, have to... I thought kiwis were a tropical fruit. 
there are hardy kiwis that are hardy in this zone and we'll I'm, I'm on a diet I can't eat hardy kiwis <laughs> I'm on a no hardy kiwis diet. I'm allergic yeah. to things that start with an H so <laughs> fair enough so there's my not very interesting yeah like Adam Heaton <laughs> wow that's a good segue into actually talking about baseball <laughs> yeah I don't even know because like uh we're for those of you who don't know, we're using Zoom to record tonight rather than our usual uh, because it recording isn't platform. Yeah, because it wasn't working. But the Zoom is great, and I know it's great, but it doesn't have a timer, so I don't know how long we've been ranting for. So And we know. were just talking and forgot to stop recording while Ryan was dealing with his laptop situation. So, I so know. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just going to, you know, fly this one blind. Yeah, so this one is, uh, it's good. this is a bit of a an S show so far. So we'll just we'll just roll with it. Let's roll so Ryan, can we get your weekend review presented by your local neighborhood chilies? Yes. So Major League Baseball has not seen all 30 teams play for 28 days and counting. While the Reds did return this weekend, the Mets and Yankees series was postponed as two Mets members tested positive on Thursday. Now we're at 37 total postponed games that need to be made up. Good news is, though, through contact tracing, um, health officials do not think an outbreak is going to happen. And good news is that no one else has tested positive since those two players. So that's something that's good to uh, think about. Fernando Tatis Jr., made old-school baseball fans and the Rangers mad as he swung on the 3-0 pitch up seven and hit a grand slam. Apparently, he broke some unwritten rule of baseball, and he was forced to apologize. The Rangers have not won a game since this incident. Funny thing, the Padres rallied around him, and they decided they're going to hit four grand slams in four straight games against the Rangers, becoming the first team in Major League Baseball history to hit four grand slams in four straight games. They also hit five grand slams before they ever hit a single sack fly. They are the greatest team of all time. The White Sox have hit 27 home runs in seven games, and Jose Abreu ties an MLB record with four home runs and four straight A-Bs. MLB is working on the playoff bubble plan. It's going to be a two-city approach as San Diego and Arlington, Texas are the favorites. MLB has looked into New York, Chicago, Milwaukee, but they prefer... California and Texas because of the weather. There are new developments in the Mike Clevenger and Zach Plezak story. Um, last week, Zach Plezak was the dick of the week, but now we're learning about how their actions impacted the Indians clubhouse. Uh, one player threatened to opt out during a very heated team meeting where all the players were absolutely furious at the two. Others demanded that they were traded, but the main consensus amongst the players is that they did not want them on the team anymore. The two have been optioned down to their uh, alternate site and have not yet returned. To the East, in first place are the 16 and 12 Braves. They took advantage of the Phillies bullpen, and they just lost with the tying run being thrown out at home on Sunday Night Baseball. They took 2-3 against the Phillies and took 2-3 from the Marlins while top prospect Christian Patchy made his MLB debut. In second place are the 11-11 Marlins, who slowly come back down to earth. Um, they lost 2-3 to the Braves, got swept by the Mets, and then they're playing for the series victory tonight against the Nats. Top prospect Sixto Sanchez made his MLB debut, pumping the 100 with downward movement. 
and third place are the 12 and 14 Mets who did not play this weekend. And fourth are the 11 and 14 Nationals. They split the first four games against the Marlins. They split the series against the Braves. And the, and the Nationals fired a TR employee. That, <laughs> yeah, that, was the, that was the rest of the water. He didn't knock over earlier. He just, he just, in case you're wondering. Oh, my we got breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Blue Jays acquired Daniel Vogelbach from the Mariners. Ooh, Trade City. Trade City. Trade City. Oh, here he comes from my uh, headset. <laughs> um, he's, he's a menace, that cat. Ow. Can you stop? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Moving. <laughs> he's literally bouncing on my chest right now. These are the, these are the dangers of working from home, people. This is, this is why we have to record in the middle of the damn night, too, because it keeps my kids from, I have to wait till they're in bed. Otherwise, I can't do anything. So he's you have the same problem with your cat. He's literally soaking wet. All right, moving on. Um, The Nationals fired a DR staffer who threw two cups of hot coffee on a poor convenience store employee. That um, employee is going to turn themselves into police on Monday, and Strauss had season-ending hand surgery. In fifth place are the... Can't win with this guy. This is our best episode ever. I, I really wish you guys could see me. I have my laptop in the air. My right arm is pushing him away from my headphones. I'm <laughs> winging at them. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. You're going away. This is Brian's flu game. All right. In fifth place are the 10 and 14 Phillies. And the Phillies bullpen may be the worst in MLB history. This week, they have blown four games, one of them being a 7-0 lead, which is rather hilarious. Um, Given the Tatis situation. They could easily be in first if they had a decent bullpen. This week, they traded for Brandon Workman, who who blew a save on his very first pitch as a member of the Phillies, and Heath Hembray. This has been your Week in Review, brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's and my cat, Finn. (laughs) All right. That was... Yeah, I respect for getting through that. That was good stuff. Good stuff. Perseverance. Yeah. That yeah, the um the seven game blowing the seven run lead was funny to me. Like was it the next day or two days after the Tati situation? Which you backed me up. Like this is why and you know that guy probably pumped a strike right down the middle, just a meatball on a three oh pitch because he thought, you know, nobody's allowed to swing on a three oh pitch. So throw a pitch like that, you get what you get. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, I know I know your thought on it, but Amanda, I mean, what's your thought on that unwritten rule and unwritten oh, rules in general? Oh, that unwritten rule and well, F unwritten, all those unwritten rules. Unwritten I hate rules them in all. general. Just screw them all. They're just, yeah, I just, well, I hate this whole, like, you know, you have to, you have to respect the game. Or if you, if you play your hardest all the time, you're disrespecting the game. It's just such BS. Like, I don't know. There are, there are certain traditions and things in baseball that are fine, but that one is stupid. That is, it's ridiculous to think that you should... Some, I mean, it's not Little League. There's no slaughter rule. You should, I mean, this is a game where there's no clock. You never know what could happen in any inning. Anything could happen. And you should always run up the score as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. with, with me, uh, granted, I'm nowhere near MLB level, but I coach a 14U team. And my mindset is, because the slaughter rule, like you just mentioned, it's 10. Until we're up by 10, we're going all out, you know. 
if that means swinging on a 3-0 pitch, which these kids are 14, so I would never let them do, but should that situation arise, but other stuff like, you know, stealing home in a pass ball, stealing in general, you know, swinging, whatever, we're, if, until, you know, we're up 10 and we have a cushion, it's fair game. You know, it's funny you bring up that up 10 thing because um, I used to assistant coach Little League when I was in high school, um, just like helped out on days I could, and we were up nine one game, and it was like some tournament we were in. Um, the winning run was on third to get us to up 10. I told the manager to have the guy bunt so we can go home. So kid lays down a beautiful bunt. We go home. We win. Old man on the other team was absolutely furious at me. He said, you don't do that. That's Bush League. And I was like, you guys suck. I want to go home. Deal with it. <laughs> Moral of the story is, you know, written rules are stupid, and they are what's carrying me. Yeah, and you know what else? Especially with this stupid three-batter minimum rule, which is just atrocious. I hate so much. Especially in a game where if you get a reliever, you put in a reliever, and they don't have it, and you have to leave them in, and the score could get out of control quickly. Like, why in the world would you expect people not to score when they have the opportunity, knowing that, Later in the game, they may have a they may have a situation where they get a reliever in that gives up a bunch of runs, and you can't even take them out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I the, hate that rule. The three batter minimum rule has had like zero impact on the game. I completely forgot it was a rule until until just now. <laughs> Well, last night in the game, I tweeted something stupid where I was like, you know, after while while uh, what's his God, who was it who was uh, crap in the bed last night and for the Nats. Um, all of them. <laughs> well, yes. But uh, I said something on Twitter about, like, apropos of nothing, isn't the new three-batter minimum rule great? And everybody's like, no, it sucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's the joke. Sarcasm. Yo, yeah. sidebar, I I mean, uh, Ryan, I mean, we have the, a similar brand. Granted, Natchak is way bigger than anything I tweet, but – I feel like people know that I'm a pretty sarcastic guy when I tweet stuff. It's fairly sarcastic, but lately I've been tweeting stuff and people are like, meh, 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 meh. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. it's That's a what joke. To me with it. Take it joke. easy. I'm like, like I needed to. Heck? I guess I needed to like hashtag sarcasm or something right. on that like, one. Yeah, is, is that what we have? Is that what the world has come to now? Like, you and can't... I feel like people who follow me should know that I exactly. hate all rule changes and that's, that I didn't mean my, that I actually that's liked my point. it. Like, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Frustrating. Anyway, frustrating. So let's do our Nats spat. Nats are three. Nats spat. Three and three on the week, 11 and 14 overall, fourth in the NL East. Not great, Bob. Okay, great, Will Crow Bob. made his debut. Thoughts? Um, yeah, so he, go ahead. he looked pretty good. Um, I know when people look at the box score, they're like, wow, he didn't get to five innings. Um, I think he went four and two-thirds. But he looked good. Um, the Nats literally put on a clinic on how to not play defense that game. Right, exactly. He um, deserved way better in oh his debut God. than whatever the hell Trey Turner was doing. Like, there's bloops that are dropping between people. Trey just couldn't get the ball out of his glove. He was let down tremendously by his defense, which really sucks because then, like, it reflects on his box score, even though if those, like, plays are made, he probably doesn't give up any runs. So, like, he looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm just a fan of these young guys making their deb- debut. Uh, I was, I mean, I'm always a fan of that in general just because I think, Amanda, I think you were the one who said you love just seeing young guys make their debut. Oh, it makes me so happy. I love yeah, it. I, I'm firmly in that boat as well. I, 
still to this day, I mean, granted, uh, I was in City, or is the new one City Field for the Mets? Yeah. Yeah. The old one was Shea. Uh, I was in high school. I did a, a baseball stadium trip, and we're in New York and City Field, and Taylor Jordan, TBT, made his debut for the Nats against the Mets. Oh, and, I remember that guy. Yeah, he got lit up, but it was still cool <laughs> that we were at his major league de- debut. It just happened to work out that way. Um, But, yeah, my thing is it's such a weird, wonky season that, you know, let the young guys play and let them show what they got. And doesn't it seem like every on every team that we play and on the Nats, you're seeing young guys making their debuts, like, constantly right now? Everywhere now. And, and honestly, I I love it. Like, the guy for the Indians, I don't remember his name, but he had a similar start to what Strasburg did in his debut, like, in 2010. Six innings, ten Ks, one run, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah it's um, the best. And that was awesome. And he was pumping a hundred miles an hour, like vintage Strasburg. So, oh yeah, yeah. And if you're a baseball fan, regardless of what team you you like, I mean, I just think watching kids make their debut is the it's coolest cool. thing, because Although, you know they work so hard. And to get up through the minors, it's not like when a, a football player gets drafted and then they're starting in their first game. You know what I mean? To get to get through the minor leagues right. and up into the majors is it's such an accomplishment, and it's just so cool. I saw um, Rendon's debut, which was one of the cool, definitely the coolest debut. Yeah, see, I can claim to have seen in person. Uh, oh, slight brag there. Um, oh, but yeah, like to your point, Amanda, like whether if you're in the NBA, um, NFL, maybe even the NHL, you're going to get a shot at the big league level, regardless. Like it, it just point blank like if you're a high draft pick but even if you're a high draft pick in baseball there's zero guarantee so it is and it super might be cool. five years or more even if you right. were a high draft pick right so it is super cool to to see these young guys get their um get their shot and like ryan said will crow look good i i wish the defense was better behind him but that's kind of been yeah, but I was perfectly point. okay with his statement. Yeah. I, mean, I thought, like I said, it was an unfortunate game for the rest of the team, but I thought he did just fine. Yeah, I agree. But speaking of Strasburg, <laughs> that will be our next our next topic. So he's done for the year. We've already been talking for weeks about how they ought to just shut him down. I don't know that they ever should have had him even come in and start. They probably the, should have just shut him down to start with. But that's the, that ship yeah. has sailed now. The difference now is we know what the real reason was. He's diagnosed with carpal tunnel in his right hand um and i've honestly never heard of a pitcher having that nope. before i'm sure he's Me not either. the first but it, david price had carpal tunnel okay um in the year the red sox won the world series his was different um david price's was the much more common one that's in the tendon Strauss's is in his nerve so the recovery time is a lot longer for that than the one david price has I haven't really heard of anyone who's had it in their nerve before, so it's a little different. It's just, yeah. it's just typical straws. That yeah, was just course. my question was actually when I read about it, it was like, wow, this seems like a weird, obscure kind of injury. Or And, you know, carpal tunnel is like a repetitive motion injury. So I'm having a moment like, holy crap, is this something that's going to be lingering? Is this one of those things that, like, he's never going to well, be back to normal again? That was, because... that was my thought. Because obviously, like, Tommy John so commonplace now, and, but you can pitch afterwards. Granted, you right. I hit the same velocity, but you can pitch at a high level afterwards. Like, I know nothing about carpal tunnel. Like, And I've never heard of another pitcher having this exact thing and like normally you say okay well what's the recovery time on average for athletes who deal with this but like i don't know that there is i don't yeah i don't know that there is one 
So yeah. So uh, my my panic level is is pretty is pretty medium. Moderate. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say yeah. I'm a, a moderate level of panic because obviously they just gave him a giant contract and he's such a massive part of this team and starting pitching is what this team is built on and so for this season you know I've we've had this argument a million times I've always been like a this is more like an exhibition season than anything else but at this point you know you've you've got Strauss out Sanchez looks better today but like crap mostly so far Mm-hmm. I don't really have any high expectations at this point. I'm just enjoying that we have Nats baseball to watch, and I like watching all the young kids play, and I hope that's what they do. Right. Let the young kids play and see what we've got and let them get some experience in a year when they have no minor leagues. And if we get into the playoffs, awesome. If they make a run, even better. But if they don't, whatever. They, should, they shouldn't be playing all the old grizzled veterans instead of the, the younger kids at this point, given, given everything that's happening. Right, and for sure. Um we'll just see but it's nice that like you have the option for young players to come up like and that sounds dumb but like i'm trying to think of an example but just i don't know that how many of these guys we would have seen in in a normal season is basically what the point i'm trying to get at like garcia not very many yeah so that that's kind of the point i'm getting at it's to kind of tie this up it's nice to see that going forward, but also on, on Strauss's side, best time to get injured also. It, like, not that you wish injury upon him, but... No, but if this, this had to happen, right, right that, yeah. yeah, this is a better time than in a normal season. So, certainly. like, not that it's a win-win, but it's a best-case scenario for a bad scenario, and also it's cool you get to see the young guys play. Amen to that. Um, speaking of the young guys, real quick, do you guys... I was listening yesterday on Saturday at noon... Um, Dan Colco does his like Nats Insider radio show. It's like an hour every Saturday. I don't know if you guys ever listen to it. No. But um, I was listening to it, and he was interviewing um, Bo Porter, whom of course we've interviewed on this pod. show, right? And they were um, they were talking about the player person or the player development in the Nats organization and how we've now seen Soto, of course. And Garcia, who's having a hell of a, we're going to talk about him in a minute, having a hell of a start to his big league career. And um, Robles, who has, you know, we'll talk about him too. Not quite as great things to say about his play at the moment. But anyway, just talking about the player development of the Nats in general. And, and they, they were praising it pretty heavily. And I thought, I was like, going, God, I wish Nick and Ryan were hearing this. But uh, I was just curious about your thoughts on player development obviously we've talked about pitcher development and how they don't excel at that but what do you think about especially their dominican baseball academy and their their player development in general uh i don't know like because obviously i can only go off what we've seen and the best stories or the best like outputs they've had i mean obviously bryce rendon um I'm, I'm talking position, not pitchers. Uh, I mean, I guess sort of Trey, but if you go to those three, they're all first-round picks. Yeah. And then, yeah, Soto and Garcia, well, it might be too soon to to uh, consider Garcia in, as a success, although he's off to a great start. Yeah, but sure is. Soto, he, like, Dominican ballplayers are just that good. Like, they just are because that's all they do. And you put them into a situation like, you know, the minor leagues or whatever, where they're playing all the time competitively 
and it just elevates their game to the next level. So a lot of that is kind of just natural talent. Not that, you know, if you're a Dominican-born player, you're just automatically good at baseball, but they... They've got to be doing something right down there right. at that Dominican I mean, Baseball Academy, yeah. They, they constantly, I think the last World Baseball Classic was the first one the U.S. won in a while because the Dominican Republic always just pumps out talent and, and whatnot. So I, I just don't know how much success you can attribute to the development staff. Not that, you know, they were hurting or hindering or anything like that, but to say that they're directly responsible for all these guys, it's tough. Because then you look at the secondary guys, can you name one a position player? Like, Keyboom doesn't look all that great. Granted, no. he's still young. Robles yeah. doesn't look all that great. Again, still young. But other than that, I, I can't – I'm struggling to think of, like, a homegrown – like the only one that comes to mind is Steve Lombardozzi. Like I, I can't think of another one. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. When I was listening to them talk during the interview, I was just like they were kind of heaping praise on the player development staff. And you know, I can't say that I follow the minor leagues, you know, like the lower levels of the minor leagues of the Nats so. organization enough to have an, an informed opinion. But um, yeah, that especially with pitchers, my. I've always noticed that when we develop pitchers, we trade them away and they excel in other organizations a lot more than they do here. So I'm not real high on our pitcher development. Strauss excluded, of course, but he was, again, like you said, he was a phenom. I mean, yeah, he was going to do well no matter where you Arguably the best draft pick of all, well, not the best draft pick, but like the best 1-1 of all time. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he's a World Series MVP. How many times does the 1-1 become the World Series MVP? I don't know exactly. how many. So... Anyway, just an interesting little sidebar. Um, let's talk a little bit about Trey and Garcia. Yeah, Trey's hot streak continues um, ever since he had unprotected sex. <laughs> he had a, another great week. Correlation is causation, people. Yep. Um, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Um, this week he slashed 385, 484, 731. He had one home run, five RBIs. Um, we saw he had a triple today that could have been inside the park home run, but he got stopped up by a slow person ahead of him. And then Garcia, who, honestly, he looked pretty good. Like, Love it. His scouting report was, if he can get his timing down, he's going to be able to hit really well at the pro level. And it's a pretty small sample size. Did he have three hits today? I was listening yeah, on the radio because I was, was working, so he I started, didn't hear everything. He started three for three. Um, his timing looks great. So far this year, he's slashing 357. Um, he's got an 879. Sorry, he's hitting 357 with the 879 OPS. Like yeah. he's looked good. And You'll every, take that. Everything's going <laughs> yeah. up the middle also, and up the middle opposite is when you know people are on, and he's doing that. Youngest guy in major, is it? It's crazy. Pretty good. It's so crazy. much fun right now to watch him. Uh, that that brings me to a point I was going to say earlier. It's nice seeing these young guys get their debut. Although now. At this point in my life, it's like, like I, I am jealous because these guys are younger than me and they're making it to the majors. Oh, sweetie, welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> but the, for a time, and I'm Ryan. I'm sure you thought the same way. It's like when Bryce came up, he was like slightly older than us, and we're like, you know, I could do this. I could definitely do this. <laughs> but now these guys are younger than us. I'm like, damn, did they pass me? <laughs> like I'm a actively asking myself if they pass me, and they're in the majors, and you know, I'm just starting a podcast talking about them so. right talking about them i was watching the game when uh garcia made his debut and my my 20 year old was hanging out and i was like you see that 
You need to get off your ass. You need to do something. You see, <laughs> something. You see what that kid's doing? He's your age. What are you doing with your life? Like, Mom, thanks. I was homeschooled. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Well, he's going to college, so I can't give him too much trouble. But he is not going to be a Major League Baseball player. I can promise you that. <laughs> um, no, Luis looks good, though. Um, I am curious. Like, I think he should be up in the lineup. He's yeah, well, we're going to get to that because that's eight. from, I think, one of our Twitter questions. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're hits right. We'll on that, it. so we'll, we'll save it. it for that. Okay, Eaton. <laughs> Let's talk so, about Eaton. Here's the thing. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan says, here's the thing. You know we're about to hear something there, funny. thing is coming. <laughs> I'm very dedicated to my sticks, okay? And for a while, Adam Eaton was one of my sticks because – he, like, he just, he sucked as a human being, and, like, he wasn't never, like, he was <laughs> never that good of a baseball player either, and it just, like, got the rouse out of everyone, because Adam Eaton stands are rather sensitive, and so I just kept pushing it, but now, I've created an entire army. I, I would like to believe I am fully responsible for all the Adam Eaton hate that's on my timeline every single day, and it's rather funny, because none of these people hate him until I did, but now... It's even better. You're a hate pioneer. He sucks. He sucks, okay? Like, it's not even me just saying that because I don't like the guy. He's statistically the worst, like, the worst batter on the Nats this season, and he's bang second. I, I got stats to back it up for you. Like, I'm not just talking out my ass here, okay? So, I just like... Not this time. Um, <laughs> he, he's out above average. That's his defense. Is the bottom 9% in baseball. Um, his... X slugging, which is expected slugging, is the bottom 13%. His exit velocity is in the bottom 30%. His expecting batting average is in the bottom 19%. Like, he can't even hit a fastball right now. His fastball slash line is awful. But there's one stat in particular that really, really stood out to me. And that is um, weighted on base average. So weighted on base average is this huge movement now within the league. The league is going to a more analytical approach, and that is what the league uses. To I'm more of an eye test guy myself. <laughs> that's what the league <laughs> is using to really figure out a player's offensive worth. This takes a whole new formula that weighs every single offensive like event that happens. So that means um, weighted on base average is 269. If you have a, a weighted on base average over 400, you're considered elite. Average is 320. 290 below is considered terrible. So Adam Eaton's weighted on base average is 30 points lower than what scouts consider terrible. Adam Eaton sucks. He should not be bang second. End of story. Yeah, like it definitely started as, like you said, a shtick um, because I was firmly, you know, in that camp too. And it like it was your stick because he was arguably a solid ball player while we were actively hating on him, but now he's terrible. Like honestly, he was never providing you since his injury. He was never providing you even average defense. It's always been below average defense, but he was getting on base. He was you know making good contact, but now he's not even doing that. So what do you think like, are the odds that he's gonna they're gonna decline or pick up his option next year? His options definitely getting declined. It's just a matter of if they re-sign him or not. I think the odds that they re-sign him are still pretty high, uh, but that option is definitely getting declined. Yeah, ten and a half is not 
reasonable at this point, yes, given the, the production we're seeing. Negative war. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that is not that is not good. Not good All right, so one more thing here, which is Rizzo said today that the Nats will be buyers at the deadline. With what? Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Like, what? Why? We're, Rizzo oh, handing out IOUs. I, we're 11 and 14. What are we? What are we doing here? So that's what I don't get. Like, I get this sense on like just going on Twitter that people don't realize this team has been in fifth place the majority of the season, and they've been. No, they really don't understand that. Like now, they're they're a half a game above the fifth place Phillies, who are a dumpster fire right now. And like I saw people today were like, "Let's go, Nats! This is how you do it." And I'm like. They're literally where they were before the Yeah, but aren't started. they only like a game and a half out of a, of a playoff spot? Like, well, the NL East is pretty tightly packed. Well, so well, is the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah. So, like, everyone is still technically in it. Like, the Reds are 11-14, and they said they're selling at the deadline. And, like, the only way this makes sense for the Nats, and, like, I get it. Like, the expanded playoffs, you thought you put a 90-win team on paper, even though it was a bad team on paper, you think you could still go for it. The only way it makes sense is if they get either a third baseman, a first baseman, a catcher, or a right fielder, that's team control. Other than that, like, I don't really get it because they, they have a bottom three farm system. Like, are you going to make it? Yeah, what are you going to use? And they've got most of their decent prospects with them at the big league level right now. Well, yeah, they're, they're going to count to stay there. The year. You know, exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I would stay put, but. Yeah, I would do literally nothing at the trade deadline. I don't well, no, want to I, and, I, I would sell. I would sell my GD hard out. I would sell all the expiring contracts, but they're not going to because there's no ticket sales this year. And you know for a fact that the learners are going to do everything they can to we have a 90-win team on paper so they can get all the ticket sales next year. And then Did you pull. see they expanded? I heard it on the radio today when I was listening to the game that they've expanded their ticket offer. So as a season ticket holder, they had written to us and said, "Hey, if you if you keep if you let us keep your money, <laughs> then we'll give you a fifty percent bonus for next year. So you'll get to you know basically half of what you spent again next year, which you can use for more tickets or concessions or you know." whatever you want which is and a then good I, offer it is a great offer um if you feel like letting them keep your money right um but they started offering it to anyone who signs up now for season tickets they give you that 50 percent bonus it's for all next year money. yeah so they're clearly trying their damnedest to keep i can't imagine a lot of people are uh wanting to renew their tickets for uh, next year so no like i don't even know year. unless they get a freaking vaccine if they're going to be able to have fans again i hate to say it i'm not no, this, i mean this it's august right now right it's august <laughs> you know i mean in a normal year we're you know what i would say I baseball know. stands the best chance to start their season start their 2021 season with fans yeah, just starting because, in April. but yeah just because it starts in april not because they're doing the best job by any means no although i am fascinated by the doing the two bubbles like the NHL thing, but I can't talk or think about the NHL right now because it enrages me and makes me sad. NHL's dead to me. They're dead to me. Okay, let's move on. Um, around the league, Ryan's got a, a little a little segment for us. What you got? Yes, yeah, so shout out to Heater Nationals Post. You can follow him on Twitter. Um, he DM'd me saying it'd be cool if we did a around the league segment. 
Um, I kind of touch on it in my week in review, but we're kind of going to talk about other teams in the league for a little bit. So I am going to name five teams. All of these teams are with currently standing have a playoff spot. You're going to say if they are a contender or if they are a pretender. And after that, we're just going to name one surprise and one disappointment. So who's ready? I'm ready. I'm Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. The first team is the obvious one right now. The most exciting team in baseball, the San Diego Padres. Are they a contender or are they pretenders? Contender, 100%. They are so fun to watch right now. Funnest team in baseball. Um, I don't know. I just – I'm going to say pretender, and I don't mean to be a hater because they are by far the – most fun team to watch in baseball. Their lineup is legit. I just don't think they have the pitching. I don't think they have the pitching. Even Paddock has, who's their quote unquote ace, has not been great this year. So, yeah, but that much offense can overcome a lot of media. Oh, pitching. absolutely. They're going to make the playoffs. I, I don't mean that. Yeah, I guess what is the definition of a contender? Is this like a World Series contender or just like a that's playoff? That's the way contender? I interpreted it. Oh, okay. I, mean, I was just World thinking, is this a World Series contender? Like if, yeah. they're, oh, okay. if they're the real deal or if this is just like a mirage, basically. I don't know if they're going to the series, but I think they're going to make a decent, a decent playoff run. I don't think they win a playoff series. I'll qualify it with that. I say, I say they're contenders just because I think they're here. Um, I thought they were a couple years away from becoming I think, that pain in the side for the Dodgers and the rest of the NL, but I think they're here. If they can do what the Twins or Rain- – I mean, the Rangers aren't the best example, but, uh, you know, solidify their rotation with just, like, B-grade guys, B-grade arms, uh, that would be very good. Uh, I think that would make them legitimate World Series contenders. But I do think, one, they're still a year early – and two, they just don't have the pitching as is. But I'm still going to watch them, still going to root for them. They're super awesome. Fernando Tatis, most exciting player in the league. 100%. Yep. Agreed. Look at us all agreeing on things. It's so unusual and fun. <laughs> all right, who's next? Um, and next for contender or pretender is the Baltimore Orioles, who are 14 oh. and 14. Um, they're off to on their best starts in a while, and they currently hold a playoff spot. Pretender. 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 Yeah, they're pretender, but I think people would be surprised how I – I won't say deep their lineup is, but their lineup's not bad. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't have the – I just the I don't think names. they can sustain this and, and no, no, get no, no, into no. the playoffs at all and certainly not make a run at the series. I mean, honestly, they might make the playoffs just because of how many teams are dumpster fires right now but and expanded playoffs. But I – one, I mean, I can't even name someone in – oh, John Means. Yeah, that's – I was going to say I couldn't name someone in their starting rotation. Oh, Tommy Malone. There's two, you know. Yeah, Tommy Bonus. Malone's the only one I would have Oh, yeah, which were Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but no, they're, they're absolutely pretenders. But, you know, there might. But I'm happy for their fans reason. that they had yeah. something worth a damn oh, to watch this suck. year. Yeah, I, 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 like, I just like the fan bases of a lot of other teams, but <laughs> I, uh, just as a general rule. I like their But uniforms. I do think, yeah, well, I like the, um, and, you know, I grew up watching the Orioles, so I've always got, I, I loathe Angelos, but I've always, you know, 
I think it's cool when I see a team as as a DC sports fan who has long suffered through a lot of a lot of crappy droughts. Anytime I see a, a fan base that's had a really crappy team for a long time get something decent to cheer for, I'm a little happy for them. Yeah, not to you know pour salt on the wound, but a friend asked me who I'd be rooting for now in the NHL playoffs, <laughs> and they're rooting for the Knights, and I was like, no, the Knights <laughs> can't win because it's not fair. You can't win the Stanley Cup as your third no. year as a team. You have to go through at least a decade of suffering. Yeah, probably several decades. Yeah, before you're allowed to win. It's only fair, and I am a fair, equal guy. Well, I've got a bunch of family in Vegas. My my grandparents lived there for 50 years. My dad lived there for a long time. And so I, like, have family ties to Las Vegas. And F the Golden Knights. (laughs) I will never root for them. I don't mind I don't like them. I don't know. I feel like, like you said, their fan base is just insufferable to me. Like getting to the finals your first year and then talking a bunch of trash. Like, no, thank you. You need to take your lumps. So, no, I will not be rooting for them. I'm kind of, sort of rooting for the Avalanche. Yeah, that's who I, I'm picking, too, just because I like no, This is a really Colorado. good baseball segment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody who listens to this is probably a Caps fan, so it's slightly tangentially related. But right, anyway, Ryan, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the third team, Ryan? <laughs> Contender, pretender, the Avalanche or the Golden Knights? <laughs> <laughs> Avalanche. Um, no, the third team is the young and exciting Chicago White Sox. Contender or pretender? This is a tough one. Oh. I'm going to say contender. I'm going to say contender, too. I, uh... I kind of like this team. They're fun too. They, for me, they were the opposite of the Padres going into the season. The Padres had a good lineup on paper, but they didn't have the pitching. White Sox had good pitching on paper, but the lineup had question marks. They had a lot of young guys. Well, now we're seeing the young guys aren't acting like they're young guys at all. They're acting like they're here and they own the place. Um, they just got the best of the Cubs in, in the, I don't know what that series is called. Um, the what do they call it yeah i forget they have it they have a name for it yeah i had it on the tip of my tongue um damn it i was thinking beltway subway something way neither of those things yeah no i know i'm just going but yeah but um white Sox, they have good pitching depth a lot of them former nats players so Nats pump out pitchers um but like nationals west over there yeah yeah, (laughs) chicago national central um but the, the lineup is showing up, and the young guys are stepping up. Jose Abreu went yard three times the other night. Um, so I I like this team a lot, and I think why not them? That's kind of the idea. I'm, yeah, I and I heard. hate the Cubs. So, you know, I watched a bunch of the Twitter, um, like, spats that they were having about how the Cubs think, like, the White Sox all have little brother syndrome. and But watching the Cubs get embarrassed is fun. I don't understand how it's little brother syndrome when the Cubs went, what, 108 years or whatever right? it was. Why did the Cubs think so highly of themselves? And they, I Cubs mean, the White Sox think... won, what, 2005? Yeah. Not that that's, that was. That's their city. Yeah, that's the way I see it. I think there's more Cubs fans, but the Cubs were the lovable losers for so long. They were losers. So, <laughs> losers. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Not my city. I don't care. Fair enough. Number four? Number four. We are going to the NL East contender pretender, the Miami Marlins. <laughs> pretender. 
I'm saying contender, baby. Why not us? I think it is contender. I they they have a decent pitching rotation. Like it's not bad. And I don't think a decent pitching rotation is going to make them World Series contenders. Well, they are we're a third of the way through the season, and they are a playoff lock right now because they're in second place. In the Haven't East. they lost seven of nine? And they're still in second place. Right, I hear you. And I'm, I'm saying mm-hmm. with the shortened season and the expanded playoffs, they could sneak into the playoffs. I'm not disputing that, but they're not contenders. Uh, well, if the season ended today, they got a lock. I think, I, think, today, I, so. I think they win more playoff games this year than the Nats. The Nats at this point might not even make the playoffs. Oh, well, that's my point. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, number five. And last, we have the Toronto Blue Jays at 13 and 13. Mm-hmm. Contender or pretender? God, that's a fun, they're fun, too. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go contender on them. I'm going to say pretender, and it it pains me. It pains me. I want it to be, you know, their year, but I, I just don't think. I think yeah, I'm with you. I'm only saying it because I want it to be true, right, not because right. it's actually true. I think <laughs> they're actually two years away. I just think they need more experience from their young guys and more or better supplementary pieces to put around them. Um I want it to be true, but I just don't think they're going to stack up compared to some of the other teams. But it's so neat to think about how many young, exciting teams there are right now. And it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about how many guys are making their debuts and how many young players are playing because, yeah, this is not a normal season. And a lot of teams, I think, are just like, screw it. Let's just see what happens. Let's let our prospects play who can't have no minor leagues this year and, and see what we've got. And it's just made for a really exciting season because anything could happen it's not the same old names that are the contenders this year so it's pretty cool i like it i like it a lot all right and the playoffs permanently move oh that's a hot take (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on to our twitter questions which we got a lot of this time all right let's start with our pal at one lovely lady c who says how many more starts do you give animal sanchez before bringing up a young pitcher the next wave and seeing what you have i know he pitched well today yesterday for the listeners but he isn't part of the future of the squad appreciate him for his time here just to qualify this appreciate him for his time here of course and for the dense people who like to scream extremes this is not me suggesting he be dfa'd or any of that nonsense again I am different than I'm sure what the Nats would do, but I would sell at the deadline. Uh, to Ryan's point, all the expiring contracts, and Sanchez was one of them. And to Level Eighty C's point, you free up Sanchez. Not only do you free up a spot for someone like Will Crow or maybe even Jackson Rutledge or you know Fetty Voth, whoever, you're also getting something in return for Sanchez. But what are you going to get for an expiring contract on Animal Sanchez for a month of a season? Someone's going to need People pitching want pitchers. depth. Pe- someone's going to want pitching depth. Someone's you just talked about the Padres maybe adding some. Yeah, and the Padres know. have a great farm system. Just get yeah. some. Rizzo's great with trades. Look at someone just said today that 
uh, like the the Tanner Rainey trade. Look what we just no one thought we would get anything for yeah, Roark. Got he was the on superior Tanner. <laughs> yeah, well, he was on an expiring deal. He had a four five ERA in the season previous before he was traded, and we got Tanner Rainey, who's turning out to be like the best guy in our bullpen right now. So you're telling me that can't happen again? Not that you would expect it to, but there's been situations, and even in the Roark trade when we initially got Roark, we traded him. We traded away Christian Guzman. So like, oh, I forgot that's how we got. Yeah, so there, there's definitely something to be said for just trading guys away that don't fit into the future of your plans, like Lovely Lady C is saying. So again, is there you, anything you, that could happen that would make you say, "Hey, maybe we should just try to keep our core together and see if we can make a run at this"? Because will, not not for me. Like, I don't even care if they won every game between now and the deadline. Like, that, that I, I just feel thing. like. Yeah, they, I, I don't know. If they go 8 and 0 in the next 8 or whatever. Um, you would then be, be buyers thing. or just stand pat. Stand pat. I, I I wouldn't we have nothing to buy with. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to trade anything away. We have such a meager farm system to begin with. I wouldn't want to trade anything away except for maybe, you know, Wilmer Defoe or Michael A Taylor. I always be Definitely Michael A Taylor. But I do feel like we have some guys and there are teams who would take major league experience, you know, Guys, a lot of teams guys, would. like who would I mean, take those players, you know. The, and, Blue, the Blue Jays are in the eighth spot right now in the in the AL, and they just made a trade for a first baseman today. Yeah, and I'd be fine. If, honestly, they if they traded like Taylor as a piece, they might get something, you know, something decent right. in return for. And you know, if because he does have intriguing flashes, and, and he I also think has a lot another teams, year of control. Right, and a lot of teams will look at him and think, hey, maybe we can, you know, help him figure it out at the plate. They can't, but they might look think at Brian they can. Goodwin. Right, right. which whom we should have kept rather than Taylor, but that is another conversation. But I think there are guys like that that are not farm system pieces. They are major league pieces that the Nats could. Most teams would want, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Nats could trade away. And, you know, and then that makes, I guess, Andrew Stevenson our fourth outfielder. Michael A. Then Taylor for Trevor Rosenthal, who says no. Oh, God, the Trevor Rosenthal thing. It's just, I, I have no words. <laughs> I don't Someone understand. Said something on Twitter. And, like, credit where credit is due. Like, Rizzo definitely saw something. It was just too early. <laughs> well, Rizzo technically never saw him pitch. She sent a scout. That's true. And he was like, hey, yeah, let's do it. And Rizzo was like, okay. Well, I remember, too, Tom Saleo, whom, of course, we've interviewed many times on the podcast. Um, he saw him at spring training that year and was like, holy crap, this guy looks great. And then he came to the Nats, and it was just yeah, a it's complete just and utter Nats, debacle. Yeah. Well, I saw somebody else on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, who said it's like the way of the world that all of the good relievers in the Nets bullpen must become bad and all of the bad relievers must become good. That's the way our bullpen works. Honestly, for real. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, let's move on. The next one is from at Luis Garcia. Oh, look, we have a Avid Luis listener. Garcia. If Garcia continues to play the way he is, is he oh, the opening day? It's weird that he's talking about himself in the third person. But it continue. is weird. I didn't know the guy was such a weirdo. Yeah. Is he the opening day second baseman in 2021? And if so, what do you do with Castro? I think yes. He should absolutely, if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, go young. Ship off Castro. Um, always go young when you have the chance, um, especially if he continues hitting this way. Um, and he's at second. Like, the defense truly does not matter at second base. So if he's solid offensively, and then with Castro, he's only making $6 million next year. He's a guy who is going to play every single game unless he has a weird hand injury like this year. 
and he's going to be pretty decent at the plate. So, like, I feel like you can get a team to buy on him and get – he's got one year left, back. right? Yeah, he signed yep. a two-year contract, yeah. Yeah, so, that's another piece. So the uh, Nets do have some pieces to trade. They're just yeah. major league pieces, not minor league pieces. Which would mean they would have to sell, which everyone right. would lose their their mind if that sold. But, um, yes. no, I think – Garcia definitely is a starting second baseman for 2021. Castro is probably going to be your starting third baseman, if we're being real. Um, yep. What do you he, think that means for Kibum? He should go he, back down. He could. He should go back down. He could be a bench bat, or he can be your DH. But or at this point, at, yeah, or he, or he can be traded. Um, but at this point, it's not looking like his bat's good enough to warrant him being a DH. And also, you don't want to make a young guy your everyday everyday DH either. So it it really depends what they want to do with him, but he's not looking like your starting third baseman next year. Well, I hope that changes because I have had high hopes for Kibu, but it's hard to keep the faith at this point. But I remain hopeful that he will prove us all wrong. Okay, next question is from at uh, M-A-W-N-S-T-A-A-A. Don't know how to say that. Oh, I sure did. Okay, going back up. At Keelout, Keel out. what would you do with the trade deadline, and what do you think is wrong with Robles? So we've kind of talked already about what we would do with the trade deadline, Robles, but let's yeah. talk about Robles a bit. So I think we're getting to the point where Say this it. is just who Robles is. Let's go. Like, every single year he's been up, It's he's been up, quote-unquote, four seasons, even though he hasn't accrued four years of playing time. But in all of those years, he struggled offensively. 2017 and 2018, he shouldn't have been up. He was too early. But last year and this year, he struggled offensively. Like, looking at it, he's in the bottom 2% in exit velocity. He's in the bottom 6% for expected slugging. He's in the bottom 15% for hard hit. He's in the bottom 16% for expected batting average. He's in the bottom 23% for expected weighted on base average. Um, we talked about that stat earlier. He's in the bottom 23% for that. Even his outfielder jump, he's in the bottom 9%. So I don't really know what's going on with that. But, like, I feel like this is just who he is. Like, there's always a chance that he does develop that bat and become the five-tool player like he was touted as. But so far, the only tool he has is his speed and his defense, which, again, he plays center field. That's completely fine. But it's a little interesting when scouts say you're a five-tool player. And three you can of those barely tools, get two of the tools. Yeah, and, three of those yeah, and it's, it there. makes me wonder if there's something else going on with him or if this really is just this is what we're going to have with Robles. And, you know, he does play great center field, which is good. But it, it is interesting. And I, I often think how funny it is that he was the golden boy, the, like, the, the, the most highly prospect. touted prospect. And then Soto came up and we were like, whoa. All the names they Soto. said no in trades to because of him. Yeah, Soto was the little brother. Um, and Kibum, let's not forget Kibum was the untouchable Kibu. and Robles. Was the, yeah. They were the untouchable prospects. We could have yeah. kept Giolito and traded Robles, but, you know, whatever. Well, um, hindsight's twenty twenty. of course. But the first thing I had ever got called out for on this podcast was, it was like our second or third episode ever. Monty. And I said that... Victor Robles was training to be a slight, a flashier, slightly better version of Michael A. Taylor. 
and I got roasted for it. And I brought it up again, I think, after the, I don't know. I don't know when exactly it was, but I brought it up again, got roasted for it again. So as the, you know, this continues, not that I'm rooting for the guy that fail, but, you know. But I me being to- right is the most I'm important gonna thing. I'm going to my own horn. Like, let's be real, especially if everyone's going to try to call me out on it. And I'm not saying he is Michael A. Taylor. As I said, I qualify it with saying he's slightly better. So, but I, I do think this is who he is. This is. I still think he's more than slightly better. But yeah, it is. It, it's interesting I, I've to been watch saying it for a while, though. This is who he is. He's not going to be that that all star talent. It's one of those things too when you talk about when somebody gets drafted higher. Of course, you know, Dill different because he came you know up a different way. But it's uh, it's very interesting to me just on a kind of a macro perspective in baseball, how many prospects come out and they're so highly praised and they never amount to much in the majors. And then some guys you never even heard of and went in the fifth round and they wind up being superstars. I think it's just so unpredictable. The fact that he was, he got added to that 2017 playoff roster raised a lot of people's expectations of him. And well, and the got, other thing got hurt. The other thing is like, Soto came out and just lit the world on fire. Yeah, so that, that raised the expectation. So people expect Robles to come out like that. Soto's a one-in-a-million player. And then also look at that, the fact that Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, um, Chris Sale, Nolan Arenado, all JT Real Muto, all these other guys that the Nats could trade for, and Rizzo said no for Robles, it raises that bar also. And, like, it's like I said, like, if this is who he is and he keeps playing great defense, then it's fine. But there's going to be a disappointment amongst the fans when you factor in the potential trades, the five star, yeah. I mean, the five tools that they kept touting, and it's only just two. Yeah, and Ryan and Amanda, to your point, like, um, Robles was the untouchable and Soto was, like, the, you know, second in line he's second behind Robles and then I right, never would have come up when he did right and then Robles when Soto comes hurt. up and it lights the world on fire people are thinking wow and Robles is better than this guy wow and people are still clinging to that but, it's true I actually felt that way too when Soto first came up and then we started watching him I was like holy crap this kid is this the and this guy they thought wasn't as good as Robles like I can't wait for Robles to get over his injury and get up here to the Nats you know yeah, and like Robles is batting ninth, so like he has some sort of protection behind him, and the fact that he's still not producing, like, it's just who he is. Like, let's just face it. I'm not ready yet. I'm not going to face it yet. But thank you for I the invitation. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The next one is uh, from at M A W N S T A A A. Mall. Oh, I see what they did there. I okay. see. Okay. What record at the deadline do you buy, sell, or stay put? That's so, a good question. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that would convince me to buy. No, there's no, I agree. But not, not even a, you know, like say eight no between now and then. Where are they right now? 11 and 14? Yeah. So if they are, if they get 19 to, and 14? Yeah. I was going to say if they get to 16 wins then you stay put. But if you're at 15 wins or below, I would sell. Yeah. I'll even go further and say that I would I would be more willing to sell regardless or stay. I don't know. I would definitely wouldn't buy. But no. 
I when I look at it, I think let's say they let's say they literally went eight and zero between now and the trade deadline, and they were what would that make them nineteen and fourteen? I still wouldn't buy because I think even if they get into the playoffs, I don't think what we've seen of them so far this year indicates a a, a, a World Series run, and I wouldn't want to give up anything that we've got. In or you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't want to buy anything right now. I don't think. Agreed. I can't. I just can't see it. I, I, I don't see this team at this point as a playoff contender, especially not without Strauss. Not a real contender. Agreed. RIP Strauss's season. Makes me <laughs> sad. How about you, Ryan? Do you have numbers that you would buy, sell, or stay put? Um, I, I stay put regardless. Um, I don't really think you're going to get anything worthwhile of any of your expiring contracts for a month. Just stay put and ride it out. Like, see what you got. Um, I think your hopes kind of go down the drain with Strauss being out for the year. Um, other guys are pitching well, but they're no Strauss. So just stay put. Like, I don't really get the buying unless it's a move that helps your future. Um, but again, to do that, you have to give up some pretty substantial prospects. And they don't exactly have the room to do that. So regardless of their record, I would stay put at the uh, deadline. Hypothetical. Well, I guess the Rockies aren't a playoff spot. But I said, I was thinking, if the Rockies said, we'll trade you Arenado for Keyboom and Garcia, would you do it? Yes. Mm. Yes. 100%. Keyboom, yes, but Garcia, okay, hold I don't on. know. Here's the thing about Garcia. Okay, this is perfectly Small to, sample size. Perfectly to go with our next our next question. He's played like what seven games. Everyone's back. No, like I understand. I'm Mike just Trout. He was, no, he's I'm not a, thinking that at all. But what? What are we doing at second base? It's second base. No, he's got sign DJ LeMahieu. Oh no! Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Or Castro. You have Sarn Castro to play there next year. It's the easiest position to fill. Like there's so much talent at second base. And you also look at the fact that you have a future Hall of Famer in Nolan Arenado and Juan Soto in the heart of your lineup for at least the next five oh, years. That would be awfully, awfully nice. You're filthy. It doesn't matter what else you it's got out there. How much, is, how much time is on his contract? He, well, to trade, he would waive his opt-out. So I think you would get five. No, he had seven years. Oh, jeez. Okay, I wasn't yeah, realizing it was that long. Years. Okay, well, that changes oh, things. Yeah. That's why I wanted him to <laughs> do it for Robles. I, I thought it was five or six. No, that's seven. Oh, Jeez. yeah, give me that. Uh, I mean, yeah, because like Ryan said, I mean, it just you don't know what you have in Garcia yet. It's a great start, but, you know, sell high, honestly. If you're going to trade him, you might as well trade him when the value's at, at its highest. Keeboom's essentially a throw-in in that way. So you have the right-handed power bat we've been saying for a couple episodes that oh, yeah. we, we desperately we needed. We need somebody you to hit have Soto. six, seven years of control left on Soto, so that lines up perfectly with Aaron Otto's contract. Uh, I mean, I, I would do it. It would be tough, but... Do you I, think the Rockies are going to trade Aaron Otto? No, I don't no, know no, about that, the Dats, Completely but. hypothetical. Completely hypothetical. Well, if they would like to give him to us. I would, I would like to have him, for sure. <laughs> All right, another one from Matt, one lovely lady. See, I tend to think most fan bases overvalue their players. Amen, sister. Yes, they do. Nat's fan base isn't any different. In your opinion, is Trey Turner a top 10 shortstop? Um, There's a lot of in, young, good shortstops. In the NL East, yes. <laughs> in baseball, no. 
Yeah, I like Trey, but no. All right. Like right around there, maybe. I'd have to go down the list, but uh, no, he's go, not as high as people think. Let's here. do a pick them really quick. I'm just a couple names that come to my head. Would you take Trey or Corey Seager? Mm, Trey. Corey Seager's not a top 10 shortstop either. No, I'm, I'm just setting a baseline. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I think I would stick with Trey. Trey or Marcus Simeon? Uh, Simeon. Interesting. Oof. I don't know. I think I'd stick with Trey. Simeon had like an eight war last year. Yeah, Simeon's very good. Did he? Granted, I don't just one follow year. He him finished, that closely. He eight? Finished, really? He finished third in the MVP voting. Yeah, he was one of the best players in baseball last year. All right, well, bye, Trey. <laughs> all right, all right, Ryan, this one's for you. Trey or Tim Anderson? Ugh, Trey. Tim Anderson. I don't know his numbers, honestly, off the top of my head. I'd he won have the batting to, I'd title have to last year. Oof. How's his defense? I do think Trey Scott generally yesterday accepted. Trey plays pretty good defense. Trey just has range. He doesn't play good defense. There's de there's a difference. Well, yes, but range is part of defense. Oh, for sure, but he's not consistent enough. Um. Oh, you didn't decide. Well, you don't know Tim Anderson. All right. Oh, uh, Trey or Bo Bichette? Mm, Trey's more proven. This is true. Hmm. He's the he's the Blue Jays. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm going to stick with a known commodity on that. Okay. Yeah. This will be the last one. Trey or Carlos Correa. 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 <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah. Although I can't stand Correa, but. Oh yeah, he's such a. But. I'm yeah, not, we I, won't say what he is, but yeah, I don't like him, but I mean. Come yeah, cause, I mean, there's obvious ones at the top, like Story, Bogarts, Tatis. They're obviously top five. Trey's Lindor. not even the same tier. Lindor, yeah. sorry. Javi. Uh, Javi's tier two, but definitely above Trey. And that's, what, five or six off the top of my head that are automatic locks? Yeah. So I don't think Trey's a top ten shortstop. Yeah, I like Trey. Oh, me too. Don't get me wrong. I, I like Trey. I think he's he does a lot of great things. I love but. Trey when he does when he has unprotected sex even more. Wow. Cool. Yeah. He, he's that good at He baseball. has been on a bit of a tear. He has yeah. been on a bit of a tear. <laughs> the, numbers um, don't lie. No. No, they do not. So hopefully he can continue what he's doing. He's definitely um, rounded into form. And honestly, after that injury last year, he's still, if you watch him bat, not holding the bat the way he used to. So I, I have a little bit of, like, patience with the fact that he's, like, I'm played blacked all out. I can't watch it. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I just – I feel like he's not really gotten over that, that finger injury 100% either. He might just be used to the way he was holding the bat last year, too. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's all it is. I don't know. It just seems weird. You can still see him, like, holding that finger up off the well, bat. whatever he's been doing in the past week, keep doing it. Yes. Indeed. Okay. Um, at Nat's post, on this current team, who wins a battle royale match? Oh. Uh, F oh um, I'm so, going to read that next part. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone's going to gang up on Big Dick Eric Thames. <laughs> right. um, Ryan's going to read that next part. Come on. So people, It's 1130. All, it's late night Half Street High Heat here, people. First of all, um, it's a name. It's a nickname for Rich. Um, second of all, 
Um, Adam Eaton's the type of guy who just hides in the bush the entire game. Yep. And then, like, pops out at the end after this huge, epic, like, 4v4 battle goes down. All of them are wounded. And, like, they're, like, reviving each other. And then Adam Eaton comes out of his bush and, like, shoots someone one time. And then just, like, kills him and acts like he's the greatest player in the world. That's who Adam Eaton is. As I was reading this, I thought to myself, Ryan is going to use this as a way to attack Adam Eaton. I knew it. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> I think that is an oddly specific scenario. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like, I feel like I'm forgetting like one obvious person. I, 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 I'm, I don't know. I think Max would win. I just don't yeah, Max think is, he's an intimidating man. Yeah, I think Max would just body everyone else. He's definitely the, I don't know, Tames might be the favorite, but. I think Max would be a favorite up there. So I, I would go Max. Yeah, Max is mean when he gets his game face on. Like, Thames may be big and strong, but Max is mean. Mm -hmm. I, think. I agree. All right. Another one from at one level ADC. We got a bunch from her. We've got in 2016, 17, or 18, can't remember the year. Nats were August sellers. They traded Daniel Murphy and some others that year. There Sean was a Kelly. trade. On the table, I remember that there was a trade on the table for Harper. In hindsight, do you wish it was done? Yeah, um, yeah. All of those offers they got, they those offers were loaded. That they, oh got my god, him. and you know we uh, got for him nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. Shane Bieber was an offer. Um, <sighs> one of the Astros' top catching prospects, JB Bukakis, who's from this area. Um, there was a lot of good prospects that were thrown in some trades. Yeah, we don't even know what the A's were offering. Yeah. The A's could have been offering back Luzardo. Who I knows? think like eight teams called and uh, wanted to make offers for him. So who knows? But in hindsight, yeah. But yeah, obviously knowing that he wasn't coming back. Yeah, like, let me ask you this. If he had come back to the Nats, let's do a scenario here. Let, let's say he was still with us and he had stayed with the Nats. Would you still have wished that those trades were done? Yeah, yes, he, because he, you could have done what the Chapman. Yankees did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sign and bring him back. I mean, trade and bring him back. Yep. Completely right. agree. At Bring Be Back Beagle says, is there a legitimate chance of us signing Real Muto? Um, yes, I refuse to hear any other answer, no matter how. <laughs> no, because they're not paying is. him. He is a position player, and they do not pay position Yeah, they don't win bidding wars, wars and there's going to be they a don't. massive one for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going I would, no. I'm going to say yes, just because we have seen the learners pay up. Granted, it hasn't been for position players, but we have seen them pay up. And this is a catcher, and how often do you see, like, these top-tier catchers hit the market? Not and, very. Like, yeah, he's going to be 30 and whatnot, but maybe this is the time where they decide, let's invest in a, a premier position. Uh, so I'm going to say yes, and but mainly because I agree with Ryan. I don't want to hear otherwise. Yeah, although if, if Brandone nor Harper were the time to invest yeah, in a premier position player, I don't know why Real Muto would be any different, but sure. You know, it's funny, and we don't have to get too much into it, but people completely shit on Bryce for saying, oh, he didn't want to be here. Bad words in this one. People really didn't. Or he, they were like, oh, Bryce didn't want to be here, blah, 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 blah. When Rendon actively said he didn't want to be here, everyone still loves Rendon. It's just – It is weird, isn't it? Yeah, we're not going down that road rampant. tonight because it is 11.37 p.m. and I'm old. But, yes, that is an interesting point. Yeah. 
All right, at Thames Dingers. Wow, that's an unfortunate handle. Should Luis Garcia mm -hmm. bat second instead of at Adam Eaton, or is it too early to tell? Um, I bat anyone second right now. I mean, you might as well ride the I, hot should, hand. Soto him, should be him, batting second, not oh yeah. Garcia. Yeah, this but is true, but give him you, more abs. If you're gonna bat Soto third, why not just try out? Garcia second. Yeah. I mean, they hit Josh Harrison second the other day. Like, just let <laughs> let Luis Garcia hit second. I don't know. I'd love to see them move Soto up to second, and then you could hit oh, Garcia agree. That, behind that's him my or something. One or, I don't know for sure. Um, let's see. What's next? At R sixty four says thoughts of how Carter Keebum has done and how he's and has he seemed to have earned the job for the future? We kind of already no. touched on this. Yeah. So he's. He's been a little disappointing. Um, it's hard to truly judge him because he's played 25 games and he hasn't truly played consistently. Um, he could just be out of rhythm or the Nats don't view him the same way they once used to. Um, it's kind of interesting because like, he's not getting the play he should. And I don't really know why, but when you look at all of his analytics and his stats, they're not good. Um, and he is the top prospect. We knew, like, we knew coming in his defense was going to be fine. And, oh, this guy can hit. But anytime he's been up, he hasn't been able to handle professional pitching. And, like, it's there. If you just look at any of his stats, they're not good. Um, and, I yeah. don't know, it's like, he's young. He's 22. There's clearly a lot more ways to go for him. Um, but, like, just let him play every day so he can figure it out. Like, just let him work through these struggles right now. <laughs> yeah, I could not agree with that more. And I, it's weird to me that they – I don't – I don't know. He's 22. He's barely played at the major league level, and this is the weirdest of weird seasons. So I hesitate to make, like, a, you know, a judgment of him that's, that's final in any way. But I also think it's telling that, as you said, they don't let him play every day. Like, clearly – and they know a hell of a lot more than we do. So – the fact that they're not letting him play every day says a whole lot about how they feel about him right now. I mean, they brought up Garcia and they're letting him play every day. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's so, I feel like there's something more going on with Kibum than what we're aware of. And I hope he rounds into form. I really still have high hopes for him. Always I, so I hate sad. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has he hit a home run yet? He's hit. He hit one when he first came up, but I think that's been his. But only not this year. He doesn't have a single extra base. No, this year. I'm, yeah, I mean this year. He doesn't know. He has only singles. It's funny no how bases. Garcia profiled as the the contact guy with not a lot of power, but he hits a home run before Keeboom does, and Keeboom had like a ten to twelve game head start, even more than <laughs> yeah. That. It is interesting. There's, I just think there's more to that story, and I'm not ready to give up on Keeboom yet unless that's they can get early. a fat trade for him. But, um, yeah, I, I just – I feel like there's – it was a great point you made, Ryan. They obviously don't view him the way they once did because he's not getting the playing time. I mean, obviously with, you know, the injuries that we're seeing on the team right now, that, that's going to change somewhat. But I don't know. I just – I I remain disappointed is the wrong word, but, like, skeptical, I guess, of, of Kiboom at this point. I'm hopeful but skeptical. Makes sense. All right, at the rally, mullet says thoughts on seven inning DH. Yeah, this is another one of those things that like truly doesn't impact the game. 
in any way. I'm, I'm indifferent about it. We just had one. Didn't really mind it. Actually kind of liked it. Even um, though the first game took forever. Oh, my God. It took like seven hours. It was so yeah. annoying. Yeah, but now I'm no impact on the game whatsoever. Yeah, I'm indifferent about it. I don't love it, but, again, I'm, I don't care enough to you mm. say, oh, well, nine inning double letter would be better. It makes sense I, that they're doing it. It just – it is what it I is. I understand why they're doing it when so many are – you know, so many COVID games are going to need to be made up, but yeah, but I hate it. Get off my lawn. Of course you do. Okay. At one pursuit takes says, why does Trevor Rosenthal have an ERA below one? Because I don't God know because the baseball gods are capricious and hateful creatures. That's why there has to be ebbs and flows, give and take. And that's when the world series. So there has to be a lot of just pain. Yeah, well, this we one built, causes me pain. We built up a lot of it. We had good credit prior, like 2010 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Plenty of good credit, but winning the World Series costs a lot, my friends. It does. You give up so, a lot of capital when you yeah, do that. Yeah, so you, you, we basically depleted the farm system of credit, of pain that we had. And now we <laughs> now have we've got to take our lumps we, again. We've got to accrue more. So this is just one of those many things that we will see. Yeah, like the only thing I, I derived enjoyment from early last season was watching Rosenthal's infinite ERA, and now I have to watch him have an ERA below one, and what is even happening? It's yeah. just, what is even happening? Okay, at Huffy Jack says, what are your thoughts on trading for Yaz after we decline Eaton in the offseason? You know, Yaz is going to be a freaking goat, so um, throw in me, throw in a couple other people, and let's get the deal done. Do it. Isn't- isn't he uh i'm looking yeah he's 30 years old carl yastrzemski's no mike yastrzemski no i know i know he's related to uh carl yastrzemski no i know but it's just like he's essentially the same age eaton is yeah he's not some prospect he's actually good no this is true i can't argue (laughs) there but one the giants aren't going to trade him because the giants are going to need like those exciting players um, granted, and especially they just DFA'd fan favorite Hunter Pence. Granted, Hunter Pence was really, really bad, but they're not trading Yaz. And I mean, Yaz would be cool to have, but I'm not, he's not even top 20 in the players I would want to trade for that would be available. Fair enough. All right. Uh, that's it for Twitter questions. Let's do our one big takeaway. Um, Ryan, hit us first. Oh, Brian just muted himself again. Has there been another incident with the cat? I guess, Nick, you can go first. All right. My one big takeaway is going to make Amanda bad or mad. Um, but I'm bad. I'm bad. I, I think these expanded playoffs are good for baseball in general. I wouldn't hate seeing expanded playoffs in the future. I, I really wouldn't because of a point I brought up a week or two weeks ago. When you get to this point, so it's August 23rd, the day we're recording, when you get to this point, I mean, the trade deadline is July 31st, but when you get to July, August, in general, teams give up. They they do. So I think having expanded playoffs and creating more opportunities for teams to get in is is a good thing for baseball. Even if, like, they're at five right now, well, really four because the fifth is a play-in game. If you just go to six and maybe the top two teams get buys, 
I, I think that would be good for baseball. I really, really do. Well, I'm going to surprise you and say I don't hate that, actually. I don't think I want quite so many as there are this no, year. Yeah. But I don't hate the idea of expanding it because I'm the same. Like, you know what just happened when the Caps went out? I'm just, like, the NHL is dead to me right now. Like, my right. team is out and, so and I'm not going to pay attention. So feel that way in yeah. July when, you know, the Royals or Pirates give up. So yeah. expanding I it. I don't hate it. I think I think that's something that really needs to uh, plenty that there's plenty plenty that needs to be done to grow the game, but expanded playoffs deserves to be up. Well, there. you're in luck because uh, like the DH expanded playoffs are definitely staying, and they're definitely going to shorten the season from 162 in the new CBA. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I can see it happening. The season is very long. I love it. Baseball fans love it, but it is very long. It is, but that's that actually is what I love about it. I love the the fact that you it's know, a grind. You have to earn. It, it is a grind. You have to earn it. And I, I I feel like when I watch like if I watch football, every game is live or die. You know, and I get that that's exciting. But I also as one of the things I love about baseball is how it's like part of your life for half the year. You're never too worked up or down unless you get close to the playoffs or you're I'd you know in a pennant race up. or something. I'd rather be See, worked up. I like the I like the work up in the playoffs, but I also like the the regular season where you could just be like, eh, we'll get them tomorrow. See, <laughs> See I, I love. Just, go ahead, Ryan. I I just want this to be quick, um, but I don't mean this to offend Amanda, but the generation that MLB is trying to att- attract and get is Nick and I's generation, and Nick and I's generation love football and love basketball right now because of well, the basketball regular season sucks, but everyone still watches it. But the intensity that's in every single football game, that's in every single college football game and all those sports is because there's less games and it gets more people watching. Like going to less baseball games will get the younger generation watching, which they sort of, but less how much? I mean, you're talking about, I mean, I, I think even still, if you look at hockey, what they're going to go to 80. Yeah. One, 82, 82 games. You know? 82 games is not 162. Like they're gonna I get it, like but I still feel like how many casual hockey fans do you know who go, eh, I'll watch if my team makes the playoffs. A lot of people don't pay attention to a long season, and I get that. But yeah, how but much would you hockey. have to shorten? Right, but how much would you have to shorten well, no, a baseball season to make it have the level of excitement of football games? Well, no, like they're going to go to like 120 or something, but hockey's a bad example because America just – doesn't really care about I get hockey. it, but my point was just about the length of the season, which is I don't think if there's 120 games, casual baseball fans are going to watch any more than they would 162 games. I think they would be more inclined to because football is going to be the outlier, the exception to the rule, because they're never going to ever play more than 20 games in a season. Um, but football is awesome because it means a lot, like you guys said. It means a lot, and you check the standings after every single week. Oh, yeah, every and I do game. too. I'm not saying I don't like that. You know, I'm just yeah, saying I that's know, a different but, thing. And with hockey and basketball, they each play 82-game seasons, and, yeah, those are long seasons as well, and the casual fans aren't going to sit down and watch every single game like they might for football. But by the time where you kind of get, like, in a lull from, you know, halfway through the season or what feels like halfway, well, then – you automatically jump into the playoff race because you get through 50, 60 games, and now it's like, oh, only 20 games left. The things are going down to the wire. When you get through a full, you know, hockey or uh, basketball season, you're only halfway through a baseball season, and there's still a lot of games left to play. So I think one expanded playoffs would help, and two a shortened season would help. 
Yeah. Well, I agree with you about the expanded playoffs. I don't. I don't. I think a shortened season could help if you shorten it enough. I just don't think they're going to shorten it enough. It won't be less than a hundred, but I think Ryan threw out one twenty. I think one twenty makes a lot of sense. Like one forty four, that you might as well just play the extra eighteen games. But one twenty, that's a significant like decrease. That here's why I don't think they're going to decrease it that significantly. Is because owners aren't going to want to pay players the same amount for a, you know two-thirds there would be a lot of ramifications for sure yeah there would be a lot of ramifications and i don't think players or i don't think players are going to want to shorten the season that much if it means they're going to make less money so yeah that's a whole different spin on it but yeah it might just be expanded playoffs but i don't hate the expanded playoffs i would say my one big takeaway is the again a good for baseball thing that kind of plays off your point nick which is that we we talked about it already is all of the prospects who are making their debuts is the coolest thing about this season. really fun to see mm-hmm. really really cool and i don't i can't remember a baseball season i've watched baseball for a long time i can't remember a season where you saw so many kids coming up and playing and i think it, it tells you what the what the owners think about the season which is that you know screw it it's such a weird season let's just see what we've got Mm -hmm. and it's it's going to make for some wild storylines i think you're going to see teams that always make the playoffs not make it and you're going to see teams that nobody expected to make playoff runs maybe even make a deep run so it's it's i still think it's a it's a weird ass season but it's it's going to be cool to watch it is yep i agree uh, yeah, my one big takeaway is how little fans actually matter to, like, the whole sport experience. Um, just watching all these sports, literally no difference whatsoever. Uh, fans don't matter. And, like, especially watching on TV, can't really tell. I wonder if I, they matter to the players. I wonder if it feels super weird to the players so to be in these empty stadiums. Ironic timing, but the not to go to a different sport again, but Luca hit a buzzer beater today in a playoff <sighs> game. I, my been, timeline went apeshit. Yeah, I'm sorry, like I said another bad word. The, the timeline went crazy, but I, it felt a little bit different because you didn't get the crowd reaction. Either the uh, surrender Cobra or the pure ecstasy a jumping up and down one way or another those always make games for me but we are seeing how viable sports are without fans so ryan doesn't have a point i think they're viable maybe for one season but the money that's not flowing into the coffers yeah. of the owners is that not part, uh, that that's not tenable can't. yeah like that can't well, no, care about those billionaires <laughs> right. well without they those billionaires paying the me. millionaires right but they're not going to keep yeah. paying these salaries if there aren't yeah. any fans bringing in their cash. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's interesting. I actually watched the um, that that moment. I went and watched the you know watched the video of it, and it is weird as hell with no reaction. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like this insane thing happens, and it's just yeah. You know. Even without like all the cheering, like if it was like a road game for them or whatever, obviously they wouldn't get the same amount of cheers. But the the fans just surrender cobring are just like some of the best shots in sports. So oh yeah, it's weird one way or another. Indeed. All right, we got anything else? Nope. It's a late all right, one. under the wire. We're almost almost midnight. We're still recording on Sunday. Almost all right. Midnight. Well. I don't even know how long this is because, as Nick noted, we have no, 
we have no timer. Louis but uh, thank you to all of you for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. Um, if you don't already follow us, I don't understand you, but our Twitter handles are a white seven eight seven seven for me at DC Natchak for Ryan at half shack cat for Nick at one pursuit takes uh, at M Davis Taylor and then the show at half street high heat. You guys have a good night. Oh, Country Ryan, you did this again. Bye, Ryan. <laughs> take me home. All right. Serenade. I'm alone. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's go. By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats, we've got a game to play We're gonna win today, let's go How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.